Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older, or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Well, they have to, when you're making contact, you actually like, you want to meditate. You want to say a few things. You want to say, please make contact if it's safe for you. Who's ready for a special? We got a special today. The disclosure special. It's happening. Never thought you'd live to see this, would you? Did you? The, uh, sorry, I got to turn my fan off here. Sweating. It's so hot. No, it's actually beautiful. Got the got the windows open. Got the breeze kicking up in the studio. I need a cool name for the studio. The woke zone, the woke pit. And more to come on that. But today we're talking about disclosure. This is a it's gonna be a big beefy special. Uh, there's a lot of content here. Usually I try to get you in and out within an hour. We'll forget that today. We're in for the long haul. This might be a long one today. Maybe the longest show I've ever done. My God. But it matters because as they told you last year, June of 2021, they were dropping the, the big, they were declassifying this big report on the existence of the UFOs, the UAPs as they're rebranding it through the propaganda channels. So I've been keeping an eye open, but mostly I've been writing, as you know, as you know, Aliens, UFOs, and the Occult, Usual Illusion 1 has already been out. People love it. I'm, I'm blessed, shocked, honored, humbled by the great reviews I've been seeing everywhere. I've had some pretty big names contact me and say they like the book, which is a huge deal to me. That means more to me than anything else. So thank you for the reviews, everybody, the ratings. Well, that being said, you know the deal. You're a Guns N' Roses fan like myself. There's got to be an Aliens, UFOs, and the Occult, Usual Illusion 2. Well, there is. It's done. I wrote it. I wrote it. Then I watched all these movies. And most of the... Sh you've heard many shows that are chapters from the book. And, of course, the book's more polished, right? It's a little more professional. But the book's going to have images from all these movies supporting the theories. Because Usual Illusion 2 is basically the... The... 
what do you say, the demonstration of the principles in User Illusion 1. All these ideas I'm talking about, how the occultists know there's a, a hidden realm, the artistic zone, the mob zone, the entities can be channeled through, magic through the focusing of wills. And my argument is Hollywood's been doing this for many years, and lo and behold, an article I found in the mainstream media we'll talk about today supporting it, talking about how Hollywood has been influencing your mind to believe in the UFOs. So, yeah, Use Your Illusion 2, I wrote it, got the images in there, the, oh, here we go, here we go, the world's loudest studio on the planet, I'm sorry, I'm out here in suburban hell, I can't help it, we get these black helicopters, should I be worried, I don't know, they keep buzzing around, <laughs> I don't know what's going on, the, uh, <clears throat> I narrated the audiobook, and I've submitted it on Audible, you'll see that. July, maybe mid July. It takes them forever. They got to do whatever it is they do on their end. So the Audible version is going to be out in July. The Kindle version's out right now. The iTunes version is out right now. The paperback, which is what everybody wants, I've got the proof coming in the mail. Once I see it and read it and like it and subscribe to it, I will release that. So we're talking, you'll see the paperback. In the next couple weeks, depending on when you're listening to it. So mid-June, you'll see the paperback. It's going to be a hot girl summer. It's on and popping. But today, we're going to talk about the disclosure. It's the disclosure special. We're talking about mainstream media. Their lockstep messaging of telling the mouth breathers out there, to, Hey, UFOs are real now. Get ready. We're going to talk about Oreo sigils. I know you love Oreos. Who doesn't? Obama's talk about the new religion, Hollywood's involvement in the UFO agenda, Doja Cat, high-profile ritual at the iHeartRadio Awards, Demi Lovato proving the theories that Father Seraphim Rose warned us of many, many years ago, 50 years ago now, Tucker Carlson pushing the right-wing military-industrial uh, complex, beef up the intel, and then we're going to round it out with some Q talk. Yeah, I said it. Ron Watkins, the nerd that almost killed us all. He's involved with the alien agenda too, which should raise a lot of eyebrows, I would argue, okay? If you didn't have an eyebrow raised yet, you should by the end of this show. If you didn't have an eyebrow raised of the voices being used to perpetuate the message over the years, Tom DeLong, lead singer of Blink-182. Well, not, not lead singer, is he? I don't know. He was in Blink-182. We'll say that. The Freemason. Hanging out with Peter LaVenda. Shout out Peter LaVenda. Big fan. He'll never do my show. I hit him up all the time. Never answers me. Never responds. He doesn't like me. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. I want to pick his brain. He knows it all. This guy knows it all. He really knows it all. And he teamed up with Tom DeLong. And that's when, years ago, when I started talking about this, I said, something's up with this. I don't like where this is going. Because Peter LaVenda knows all about the occult and the practices and all that, the techniques. Anyhow, we're going to talk about all those things. Maybe you're already familiar with all those. A lot of you wokesters out there, you're more steeped into this than I am. I've been living in the world of proofing and reading and editing this damn book. Can't wait to get back to podcasting 100% of the time. But I'm a writer at heart. I can't help it. So I'll, I'll, what's my next book? I don't know. Evolution, maybe. I like the idea of evolution. But we'll see. 
Then today we're also, like I said, you better get cozy. It's going to be a minute. Today we're also going to hit our supporter shoutouts from uh, Patreon and VIP section. And we're going to be joined by a tier four supporter. Conspiracy consideration, your favorite segment, where one of you gets up on stage and you tell us, some, kick some knobs to us. And we're going to have a returning champ on there. So stay tuned for all that. I'll put all that stuff in the middle of the show because you've had enough preamble. You're ready to rock. You're ready to roll. Let's do it. June 27th. That is now the new date when they're dropping this, this report on the UFOs, the UAPs. Previously, it was June 1st. And that's why I was scrambling to get this second book done because I wanted to beat it. I want to get ahead of it. So uh, now they're saying June 27th. Some people in the media have seen it, apparently, because you're getting little leaks here and there. I don't know why all the secrecy. It's like they're hyping up an album release or something. Playing little snippets of songs and releasing one track and whatever, I guess. That's how I know there's some propaganda here. There's lots of reasons I know there's propaganda here. And look, I don't know the answer. I don't know the answer. Are there aliens from another dimension here? I would argue yes. Are there aliens from another world here? From another planet? I would argue no. Okay, I think it's a spiritual thing here going on. And wouldn't it be something if David Icke was right after all these years talking about the reptilian shapeshifters shifting into our dimension needing the human uh, fear, the, the human emotion to feed off of? Wouldn't that be some shit if he was right this whole time? For a while, I thought that was crazy, but now I'm kind of more into it. I'm like, I think I think he's right. I think David Icke might be right about that. But there's one thing I do know. This report dropping. If, you, if you're paying attention, you'll see everyone talking about this UFO disclosure in lockstep. Like I said, it's like they're advertising a new album to get dropped or something. When you've got the government, the military, the Pentagon, the mainstream media, the corporate oligarchy, you got TV shows all over the place, you got podcasts all over the place, all talking about it like they maybe all get the same script, I don't know. Or, you want to play Mr. Rational, maybe everyone's just looking for a money grab. Could be. It's an unsolved, it's the, the greatest unsolved mystery of all time. And if you listen to Dr. Stephen Greer, he argues that this will be flipped into a threat that can be used for all kinds of advantages to sink money into as the big threat that we can never actually overcome. I mean, we can't even, look, we sunk all that money after 9-11 into TSA and that's not really helping that much. If you look at the Reports that they, uh, what do you call it? They, they run like exercises trying to get weapons and illegal contraband through. And they do it like 90% of the time. It's the illusion of safety, okay? And I'm not like this big libertarian, anarcho-libertarian uh, conspiracy guy. Like, whatever. I'm just saying, like, don't live in fear on this stuff. Sure, let's sink some money into it. Why not? I mean, we're going to the freaking moon for the first time ever soon, right? <laughs> Jeff Bezos. He's going to the moon now. Hope he stays there. No, I like I like uh, I like Amazon. I mean he's the villain behind Amazon, but I'll be damned if I don't use the hell out of Amazon. Same with Netflix, right? 
Edward Bernays' family propaganda-style stuff. You can't deny that. You can't deny this propaganda there, but I'll be damned if that's not a good value for your money. Facts are facts. So that's one idea. It'll be, it'll be used as a threat to scare the taxpayers, scare the sheep, into sinking even more money into weapon systems and quote-unquote protection from these things. That's one big thing. And we're going to talk about all these as we go through all of these examples today. Or, it pushes us down the road that so many truthers before me, I stand on the shoulders of giants, have talked about the global great reset. The great reset. Klaus Klaus Schwab. He wants the aliens, right? One unified threat. Ronald Reagan said this many, many years ago. One unified threat. It's all it takes to get everyone to band together. It'll change the entire concept of life and reality and spirituality. If you just get this fundamental shift in consciousness. Then when they said there was a new normal coming, don't you find it odd? That was the same time they told you UFOs were real. March of 2020. And now they're bringing it home. They know what they're doing. But the question is, are they right? That's the big question. I always talked about, in my early truthing days, when I went on shows, I would talk about the systems engineering concepts, because at the time I was in grad school for systems engineering. Shout out Penn State. Which, by the way, I was so proud, so proud to be a student of Penn State. And I shit you not, my first semester... After growing up, watching, going to the football games, going to Beaver Stadium, and and being proud to be accepted into the, the graduate program at Penn State, it was like a 30% acceptance rate, but I'm a total nerd. Had like a 3.9 GPA in undergrad. I got accepted. I said, holy crap, I've made it. I've made it to the top. I've made it to the top. First semester in, boom, Jerry Sandusky banging kids. I was like, oh my God. Are you kidding me? Now I gotta now I gotta be ashamed about this thing I did. I really took all the uh, wind out of my cells. That damn sports ball boy really breeds bad behavior sometimes. And old Joe Pa, man, like still hanging out. I, I didn't understand the whole thing. Why is Joe Pa hanging out with this guy? Like, bro, he's banging boys in the shower, and you're like still like, he's like, well, I told them, I told the leadership. And, and, you know, big conspiracy, right? They all covered it up. Big conspiracy. Nonetheless, shout out Penn State, I guess. <laughs> I guess. Still paying my bill. I still pay my tuition, and they still send me stuff asking me to be pay alumni dues. I'm like, no. Until this college loan is paid off. Anyway, um, you're not here to talk about my college stuff. We talked to... Anyway, I talked about systems engineering, right? And this is the idea... La Chatelier's equilibrium law is the idea that I learned in grad school that that influenced my understanding of the conspiracy world. The idea is you've got two, let's say you've got two systems in place. Let's use politics as an example. You got basically the Democrats and basically the Republicans. You basically got a two-party system. If you introduce a third party, a viable third party, not like the ones that exist now, the other two parties 
will in fact accommodate and create a new equilibrium. That is why, I would argue, the DNC has such a hard-on to make sure Bernie Sanders doesn't get in there. They, they screwed him twice, because they're shady as hell. And they were worried about the new equilibrium, but the point of this, how, do, how does this apply to aliens? Well, let's say you got two religions. I mean, obviously there's more than that. Let's say there's Christianity and, uh, let's say Christianity and atheism. Well, you introduce this idea of aliens. Now these two competing religions, because atheism's a religion, I would argue, have to change their perspectives, and Christians have to kind of be like, well, I guess, like, God made the aliens, too? And then the atheists will be like, well, I guess the the aliens exist, too. They got evolved from a different kind of goo than we did. And it just raises a lot of questions. But anyway, the point is all the systems have to change. So it doesn't really require, when they say there's a new normal and a great reset, all they have to do is drop in a new system. They have to coordinate a system, drop it in, and all the systems will rearrange themselves to accommodate the new system. So they don't have to, like, put the gun to your head, per se. You just have to introduce it. They just, have, they just have to slide the gun on the table, I guess. A gun slides on the table and change your tone. Anyway, the whole idea here, I would argue, where are they taking this? Well, I mean, like I said, this could go many ways. Infinite funding for defense system. Infinite privacy invasion in the name of defense. A global government to unite over one threat. Or, and or, a religious shift. A new religion. An alien religion. The the religion of science. That's all science needs. It's basically a religion already. I mean, when you had... I mean, look, the objective method there of science, the scientific method... It's a good system, but the problem has become that science has different interpretations at this point. Look, I mean, we went through a whole year of arguing back and forth about, is the virus real? Is it fake? How does the things work? How does this work? And you could point to studies supporting whatever theory you want. Meaning, there's not one clear consensus with everything in science. So there's a little bit of belief there, okay? So this would be the new religion. They've wanted a scientific religion. They wanted a global religion, a global government, and this is how it's going to happen. If you hear nothing else from me today, please understand that. Now, what's the right answer? I don't know. I certainly don't know. But when I see all these mainstream media sources talking about one thing over and over and over, believe something's going on. 60 Minutes, they did a piece on it even. Twice they did it in the last couple months. They, there was, In fact, there was a night on a Sunday night. I'll, I'll remember. I saw this. I watched them. CNN had a special on the origins of the, the virus, we'll call it. And 60 Minutes also had a special on the origins of the virus. Same night. They both floated the possibility that the virus was a lab leak. Both of them did. And this was before, this was back when uh, you got banned for talking about it. 
And now, fast forward a few weeks, and now there's like confirmation that there's a, a classified report, and people leaked that yeah, there's high plausibility that well, plausibility that this was a lab leak, and they're asking to do a deeper investigation into it. So it's a very real possibility at this point. And if you get into the spars theory, which I discussed on my Rockfin channel, Inside the Mind of a Conspiracy Theorist, rockfin.com slash creator slash Isaac, like and subscribe, you get all my stuff commercial free. The idea of spars was that a few years ago they ran exercises on viruses and stabby jabbies and how it would go down. And in the scenarios... And shout out Jay Dyer. I don't want, I'm not trying to steal his thunder. He's been ranting and raving about this for <laughs> for weeks now. And uh not ranting and raving. I'm sorry. I don't I'm, look, I'm not trying to start truth or drama. Jay's been speaking on this for many weeks. In fact, Jay's talk about spars is what made me say, okay, I'm gonna look into this. Cause uh, you know, Alex Jones was deep into it and he's like, Oh, it's a sm- it's a smoking gun. It's a smoking gun of the newest the twenty twenty virus. Anyway, the idea presented in the SPARS documentation as you read the pandemic scenario was that there was fallout after the virus from the stabby jabbies and reactions people had to all kinds of stuff. And they had to point the finger to someone and they pointed a finger to the government and the politicians to be the fall guy so that Big Pharma could be protected in all of this. So the idea presented is that Fauci is going to be the fall guy according to the SPARS uh, pandemic exercise. And it's very possible because, as you know, back when I reported on this in March 2020, Fauci's NHS was involved in sending millions of dollars over to the Wuhan lab for gain-of-function testing, which was previously banned for a few years, and then they lifted it because they were like, cool, nerds, go for it. Make, make Accelerate the evolution of viruses so that if it ever leaks, it'll have us all sitting inside for a year with masks on our dumb face. So what happens when we confirm that this lab did in fact make this and it was done with funding from Mr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci, if that happens, I mean, there's going to be hell to pay, right? He's going to be the fall guy and the spars theory will be proven true. Now, Let's talk. Let's keep it on the report, though. Why are we talking? Oh, yeah, we were talking about all that because the idea is like when you see all these mainstream media sources in lockstep, you know, they're given the marching orders to talk about it. Or maybe it's just like the most interesting story of all time. I don't know. It could be that, too, to play fair. But the, the government says on USA Today on June 4th, they're talking about. They're talking about the big report dropping in June and sources that saw the report said they could not, the the government did not confirm that these crafts are aliens, but they didn't say they weren't, but that's right. That's true. Right? Like they, they have no way of knowing how do they know what's inside those things? They can't even catch it. There's also arguments that it could be Russian or Chinese crafts which they say would actually be a scarier scenario because that would mean that these other countries are more advanced technologically and now are a bigger threat. 
So either way, they get the they get the fear stoked, right? If you're like me, you're a sucker for mysteries, true crime. And once you put me back into a period piece with those old flapper 1920s era time frame, you got me. I'm all yours. So let me tell you about this game called June's Journey. We're going to escape to a bygone age of mystery, danger, and romance as you immerse yourself into the world of June's Journey, a hidden object mystery mobile game that puts your detective skills to the test. Play as June Parker and investigate beautifully detailed scenes of the 1920s while uncovering the mystery of her sister's murder with hundreds of mind-teasing puzzles. The next clue is always within reach. Now, one thing I like is that it sharpens your vision to look for objects. In case I, I ever make it on uh, one of these reality contest shows, I got to harness my puzzle my puzzle skills and my visual acuity. And and I, I learned what a pavilion, <laughs> when I was playing the game, I learned what a pavilion was. It's, it's basically a gazebo. I didn't know that. So I'm learning. All right. In each level, you search for hidden objects in New York parlors or, or uh, Paris sidewalks. Trying to figure out this scandalous family secret of how June's sister died. It's got some mystery. It's got some danger. It's got some romance. I got the game on my phone right now. And I'm on chapter three. And I'm looking for clues on this crime scene photo. Because we're going we're gonna to figure out who did this. And you're going to love it. They play real like mad chill music. So it's kind of relaxing too. You get to customize your little luxurious estate with gardens and buildings and such. So look, if you're into detective work, solving clues, finding clues, scandalous family secrets, uh, you just want a fun little escape from the dreaded day job or whatever, this is your game. I enjoy playing it at the end of the day when I'm chilling in bed trying to unwind because it's just a nice little escape kind of game for me. And not only that, poor June, she needs my help to figure out how her sister died. And guess what? June needs your help, detective. Download June's Journey for free today on iOS an android. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. But two news outlets, CNN and New York Times, were both briefed on the contents of the report, but they were not authorized to speak publicly on it. But why the vagaries, right? Why... I guess it's like it's like they're teasing an album release or something. It also supports this idea that we're going to have a money grab to investigate it some more, sell this as a threat. Who knows? But another idea floating is that how many people will now be reporting UFOs, UAPs, excuse me. How many people now that they know, like the government's saying, you look, yo, there's there's unidentified stuff flying around that skies all over the place. Now everyone's gonna be out there, dude. I see it. In fact, that happened to me this weekend. So, hanging out with some people, and uh, we saw a, it, <laughs> it was a balloon. It looked like a six, but it, you couldn't tell because it was so far up there. You were like, whoa, what is that? Pretty sure it's a UFO. So now everyone's going to be manifesting this into reality, which is what my Use Your Illusion books are talking about. This is how they want it. 
they know now how to focus the wills of the masses. They're going to use it to channel entities into our world. It's a stretch, but someone's got to talk about it. Someone's got to drop that information, that idea. Corporate America, the oligarchy, they're in on it. Oreo, the oligarchy cookie. Says uh, the Oreo offering is sending a sign of peace and unity to any extraterrestrials out there with a playful offering of Earth's number one cookie. (laughs) Earth's number one cookie. Is it though? It might be the number one cookie. You know, what's your favorite Oreo? I'd like to know. Like and subscribe. Link in the show notes. Comments. Let me know. I, myself, I know this is going to sound blasphemous. I like a golden double stuffed. Is my favorite Oreo. Now, of course, they use like palm oil and stuff. Like they're right. Not healthy, right? Okay, I got it. Not everything we eat is healthy. And that's fine. You got to live a little. What, are you going to live forever? You're going to make contact with the aliens and they're going to give the uh, elixir? It's not going to work. You ever see Prometheus? That's what, that's what happens at the end of there. Alien rips his head off. But now the commercial for the Oreos shows two dudes and they're, uh, they see a crop circle with a big Oreo logo. And if you know the Oreo logo, it's got the sigil of the double cross. This is the, the cross of Lorraine used by the Knights Templar, which has all these links to the occult. I've talked about them many times. I won't belabor the point, but it also is seen on the Leviathan cross for the church of Satan, which Allegedly, it was taken from the Knights Templar, who originally created the Leviathan Cross. And the argument the Church of Satan presents is that it, the double cross stands for protection and balance. Maybe. It's the symbol for sulfur, historically associated with brimstone and the devil and, and Dave Navarro. He's got a tattooed on his neck. My God. And he's got the Thelema Unicrystal Hexagrams tattooed on his elbows. That's why I said he's in the Illuminati. Because he is. Now, Dave Navarro, maybe. Maybe he's got the sulfur tattoo because it's an alchemical idea. And it represents the male, the active principle, the solar powers, the king. And in, uh, in alchemy, the uh, you have the... You have the combination of the sulfur and the mercury... Where like the mercury is the spirit, the sulfur is the soul. That's from Paracelsus. He talked about that kind of stuff. And, uh, you know, the alchemists, they use like three essentials. It's called the sulfur, the mercury, and the salt. And all living things are composed of this, including that bird right outside the window. The drone bird watching me. And uh, yeah, like sulfur and mercury, they're kind of opposites. They're kind of opposing forces, like feminine, masculine, and uh, you got the reconciliation of opposites idea there, and and so on, which ties you into the Baphomet, which ties you into the Knights Templar, worshiping the head of Baphomet and all that stuff. Anyhow, anyhow, the Oreos, the the commercial concludes with saying, make your own Oreo offering. What is going on? They want you to be a part of this. Just like, and when we talk about Demi Lovato, it's it's all connected, you know? It's all connected. They want you to be a part of this. It's a mass, it's the massivest mass ritual ever. 
So in conclusion, the Oreos, another odd connection of the devil with the UFOs. This time through America's number one cookie. <laughs> Earth, sorry, Earth's number one cookie. I don't know. I've had a lot of good cookies. I would say the number one processed on the shelf cookie. I'll give you that. President Obama, former U.S. President Obama, who, by the way, appears on the back of the cover of my new Use Your Illusion 2 book, because I use this quote, because it almost serendipitously proved all the things I've been saying. So shout out Obama on that one. But he was on Ezra Klein's show for New York Times. And they asked him, they said, how about this existence of aliens? Would it change your politics? And he said, and I quote, it wouldn't change my politics at all because my entire, my entire politics is premised on the fact that we are those, these tiny organisms on this little speck floating in the middle of space. Now, to be fair, Obama's shtick was always like pragmatic and hearing out other parties and other people and all that stuff. So like, He's not making that up. Like that, that would make sense. But now here's what's alarming. Here's what made it to the back of the book. Obama added that were aliens to be proven real, he has no doubt that it would impact the political and social climate on Earth. There's your La Chatier's, uh, uh God, the uh, systems engineering idea, the equilibrium idea. So he said, he has no doubt that it would impact the political and social climate on Earth, saying there would be immediate arguments like, well, we need to spend a lot more money on weapon systems to defend ourselves. Catch that? So there you go. They're planting that seed. But then worse yet, he says, new religions would pop up. New religions would pop up. There's your science religion, your alien religion, the global religion, the, gr- the religion of the Antichrist, as I take it to. And why do I take it there? Because that's what so many people have been saying for so many years. And like they can sugarcoat this all they want, but like the fact that there's all these years of like prophecy and, and understanding of what this was. And we'll talk about Father Seraphim Rose in the uh, Demi Lovato section. Who know, hey, all right, let me com- complete his thing. He says, and who knows what kind of arguments we get into. We're good at manufacturing arguments for each other. <laughs> That's pretty good. That's pretty good. Well, yeah. He says, new religions will pop up. We need money for weapon systems and def- defend ourselves. Who knows which way we take it? Maybe it's a bit of a free will argument. We can decide whatever we want. Because there's going to be two camps. There's going to be the like hippie camp of like, no, nah, man, we got to like, show them love. And then there's going to be like the right wing camp of like, no, we got to blast these things out of the sky. We got to at least knock one down so we can take a look and see if there's an alien inside of it, right? I would, I'm more likely to believe that these are artif- artificial intelligence created things. Like these are drones from another dimension. Like they're able to cross dimensions and then manifest stuff and it works both ways like we can kind of manifest things that's what they talked about that's what Peter Lavenda talked about in the uh, the first alien book he wrote with Tom DeLong. by the way talks about manifesting both ways 
And that's why I argue they can channel the energies and the wills and the beliefs of the masses to their own wills. Now, the mainstream media, when they start talking about the stuff that I'm talking about, I get a little nervous. Get a little nervous. Because they're talking about symbolism of the aliens in the films. Great timing. In fact, I wish... uh, I wish I would have wrote written my book a month prior. Maybe I would have made it into the article into the big times because they interviewed one of my heroes, Dr. Diana Pasalka. She was on this show. She graced us with her presence last year because she hits in the same areas that I'm hitting on. And uh, she's obviously much more intelligent than me when it comes to religious stuff and alien stuff. And she's hanging out with these guys, these secret societies of UFO people. Like she's hung out with them. Anyhow, there's a there's a uh, there's an article on NBC News called "How Pop Culture Set the Stage for the Coming UFO Report for Better or Worse." I'm gonna read you from it some excerpts. It says UFOs were fodder for Hollywood long before they headed to the Senate. It's a potentially transformative moment for the American public as intelligence agencies prepare to deliver a report to Congress by what they call unidentified aerial phenomena. But it's an especially peculiar time for artists who have long shaped our collective understanding of mysterious flying objects. So there you go. I mean, nothing insidious there, but like, that's what I'm arguing in this uh, usual illusion too. Like, the films and the artists have a way of uh, forming our worldview, especially when it comes to the aliens. And when it talks about artists, like we talked about the artists going into the mob zone, like Kenneth Grant talks about. These artists have a, a way to tap into the zone of where other entities exist. And I argue that H.R. Giger did that for Alien. I mean, he basically said that, as you'll read in my Alien chapter on Use Your Illusion 2. Let's keep reading. Because this one's actually pretty good. Barry Sonnenfeld. Feld. The director of all three installments of the original Men in Black trilogy said he feels terrified about what we might learn. Quote, it's scary. If there are aliens out there, I can't imagine they're nice, and I don't think we deserve to be treated particularly nicely. Let's face it, humans are the virus of the planet. Hmm. That's kind of what Ridley Scott was saying, too. Ridley Scott was saying that the aliens are coming for us, and, like, the idea is like on some levels we deserve it. We're just a populating virus that needs to be checked. And what's better is to make us transhuman, make us new, uh, evolved into another species in the digital matrix where we can no longer harm each other or harm mother earth and all that stuff. That's the basis of the new religion, the alien religion. They're not going to have aliens in like flesh and blood. Like I don't think that's ever going to happen. That would sure be interesting if it did, but it's going to be some unprovable thing. Right? That's what I think. But they're going to base, it's going to be another religion. They're going to base it on the faith that these things are further evolved species. And they're going to give us the the secrets on how to get to their point. Let's keep reading. Hollywood's role in shaping public attitudes about UFOs, what is considered socially acceptable dinner party conversation which accounts of purported sightings are taken seriously, is hard to overstate and difficult to pin down. 
The mass media's interest in UFOs has often been a double-edged sword, fueling legitimate interest in the topic while sensationalizing it to sell tickets or boost ratings. Diana walsh Pasalko, professor of philosophy and religion at the University of North Carolina, Wilmington, and author of American Cosmic UFOs, Religions, Technology, said UFO-themed entertainment can be divided into roughly two categories that have coexisted for decades and sometimes overlap. In the first are titles in which the UFO event is revealed to be detrimental to humans, such as Independence Day and other violent disaster epics. In the second are projects in which UFO encounters take on a gently philosophical dimension and strange visitors are essentially benevolent, such as Steven Spielberg's Close Encounters of the Third Kind and E.T. the Extraterrestrial, which is in my book, by the way. Usually, Illusion 2 is going to have E.T. in it. It's the first chapter. Pasanka, however, said she believes that some mass media depictions of UFOs, along with the government's attempt to manage national narratives, have impeded serious study. Lots of people think those who believe in UFOs are weirdos and fringe and marginal, she said. The credible serious study of UFOs has been impacted by how people who believe in them have been represented in culture. In other words... Mass entertainment has made it easy to dismiss believers as conspiratorial cartoons rather than treat UFOs as potentially pressing matters of scientific inquiry or even national security. So there you go. There's a, you know, Dr. Pasalka, who I, I mean, if I was to point to one expert that has a pretty good view of how this all works, I would say that's her. So she's saying that if I'm, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but the way I read this, that the, the historically UFOs, much like the original concept of the conspiracy theorist, quote unquote, the, the mass understanding of what they were was something that opened up to ridicule. And for 60, 70 years, the masses just were like, oh, you're a crazy tinfoil hat person, which we all know, right? And now they're trying to sort of flip that. And I think that's why you see this on so many shows now. They know that entertainment is influential. So between the news and the like, the Pentagon reports, but more importantly, Joe Rogan's podcast, which is like a bigger following than the news, and uh, Expedition Unknown, that show on Travel Channel. I was watching one the other day that they're talking about this stuff. All these shows on TV are talking about it now, and they have access to some level of information on this. Because some of them break it down pretty deep, and you're like, whoa, that's more than what the news is talking about. So I think that the powers that be are reaching into different realms to get the message to the masses. Because there was so much damage done from these movies in the past. But like I say, ultimately, it all depends as long as you believe is all that matters. That's what I think. They want you to believe good, bad, doesn't really matter. They want you to believe in them. And if we want to take it to the occult perspective, they want to focus your energies and beliefs and thoughts into manifesting them. If you want to get crazy, I want to get crazy. So that's why I take it. All right, everybody, you know, the deal, you know, how this show survives and thrives through your generous support. I've got three systems in which you can support. Links in the show notes, as always. 
You can go to rockfin.com slash creator slash Isaac, and that gets you a certain set of goods. Or you can go to IlluminatiWatcher.com to the VIP section. That gets you a different set of goods. Or you go to Patreon.com slash IlluminatiWatcher, and that gets you a very similar to the VIP section, but yet different. And you can compare all three on my website, IlluminatiWatcher.com. Go to the VIP, and you can read all about the differences and what you get. Now, for the VIP section and the Patreon, you get a monthly shout-out because I want to take the time to personally thank you. And it's a big list. So without further ado, I, I say let's get into it. Let's start with the VIP section. We're going to go down through here with the Tier 2 folks, the uh, the OG Granola Wokesters. Let's go. Leslie, James, that's James H. And then we got a James B right after that. That's the Jamsy right there. Cosmic Blues 27, Winston, Papa Dom, Jem, Joshua T, Matthew K, Allen, David G, Felix, Kristen Hunter, Timothy S, Trina, Crystal, Marisa holding it down. What's up, Marisa? Joe, that's Joe F. See, some of the names I'll, I'll give you the first initial. I, I don't like to air out people's last names unless they specifically tell me to. I'll give the first, if it's a common name that I've seen on here multiple times, I'll give you the last initial. Okay? I don't know. Is it weird? Yeah, I'm a weird guy. Uh, Blake. J-Po in the house. J-Po, uh, one of the uh, first supporters of all time. Salvador. Rachel. And, and many of those names, these uh, many of these names you're going to hear on the shout-out are going to be in the special thanks to the book. If they followed all the steps, the rigmarole I made them go through to get in the back of Yuji Illusion 2. Let's keep it moving. Uh, we're up to tier, th- tier 3. These are the Alkaline OG Granola Wokesters on the VIP section. Cheryl always holding it down. Jason. Brandon C. Rosalinda. And Darren. And then, of course, last but not least, our Tier 4 Conspiracy Consideration. Jordan. Southside Tarot in the house. Now, let's move on to Patreon. Uh, and this is all mixed together. Right? Uh, let's go down the list. We got Brandon G. D. Holly. Ryan, Todd, Samuel, Annie Violent, Jennifer, Antonio, Genevieve, Mojo McD11, what's up? Jay St. Murda in the house. Luke, Sarah, Beck B, Jessica D. Jessica D signed up on, uh, we got a, you know, I do a podcast with Josie Weissop called Breaking Social Norms. Shout out to all the people that signed up over there for that Patreon. Appreciate you. Uh, Maurice is over here too. Uh, and some of you guys are on multiple platforms. I appreciate it. I, I hope you know that. I mean, like, I appreciate the support by all means. You don't need to support across multiple platforms, but thank you very much. Aubrey. Zari. Jiggy Mama. Stephanie. Jamsy in the house. Amy. Eddie. Taryn. G-Man. <laughs> G-Man Jacko, sorry. Tyler. Kirby. Liz. Marjorie. Rusty Shacklesford, Emily, Premier 65, Christy, Vermont Hip Hop Collective, Joe Sauce, B, Charles, Daniel G, Charlie the Great, Zach, Russell Dragon, Chris G, Ramona, Tanya O, Marsha W, Jacob, Alan C, Sam I Am, Phil Goodrichard, Painting UFOs, Surfing, Brooke, Jason S, Suze W, Hoffcast, Sorcha Tinch, 
Betty Thomas. That's Thomas P. Mariah Frankie. Roxy Roxy. Brian. That's Brian R. Ashton. Allie W. Renee. CC. Spryute holding it down over here. Joe Nips in the house. Brandon Lord. Aaron. Brian B. Yaxel in the house. Sorry. <laughs> Yak. Sorry, I go by, it goes by Yak. They go by Yak. M. Gibb. Darcy D. L. Mac. Tony G. Prophet 7. Denali. Jade. Pragmatic Chick. Robert. Uh, Robert Z. Excuse me. William B. Alexandria. Skinny Fresh. Oh, Skinny Fresh always holding it down. JT. Katie G. Dave W. Sarah. Brandon C. Jennifer. Barry W. Crystal D. Taylor Blake. Big Fezik. I was talking to Big Fezik the other day, and I confirmed for the first time ever what that's from. It's from Princess Bride, Andre the Giant. Shout out. Kara. John P. Wally. He was our Tier 4 Conspiracy Considerations. Uh, last week? Was that last week? Yeah. Joshua V. And Cheryl. Those are all... You know, those last four, those are all Tier 4 Conspiracy Considerations. Like I always say, I sent you guys messages, but hit me up. If you want to come on the show and do your thing, hit me up. Okay. That's our supporters. Uh, thank you, everyone, for your support. You keep the show going. If you want to be a supporter, too, maybe you want to get a shout-out. You know where to go. There's three places you can go. If you want to compare them, go to LuminatiWatcher.com, hit the VIP link, and you can compare all three supporter systems and find the one you like. Everyone likes different things for different reasons. I'm not here to tell you which one to choose. I just thank you for your support. Hi, everyone. We've got the the great segment, Conspiracy Considerations, where you, the audience, participate. You get up on stage, and you tell us some of your theories and ideas for five, ten minutes, and you have a good time. And you talk to me, and we make it happen, and we chop it up. And we've got returning champ, Southside Tarot. He's back. He did the first Conspiracy Considerations. Well, he's back for more. And uh, this guy's got a lot of interesting information, actually. But today he's going to share some ideas about aliens, Telema, the religion, the Aleister Crowley religion, you know, Telema, the magical practices of Stephen Greer, how he's opening up the portals with Demi Lovato, how to change the minds of the masses in order to change reality, which are all, these are all very uh, familiar topics if you've read my Use Your Illusion books. Talks about New Hampshire as the center of Telema. He's always got something interesting, so check it out. Here we go, Southside Tarot in the house. All right, my man Southside Tarot, the the first guest on Conspiracy Considerations, is back at it again. What's going on, man? Hey, man, thanks for having me back again. Uh, yeah, uh, I enjoyed the first time, definitely. Yeah, you've got a lot of knowledge in that brain to get out, so <laughs> let's <laughs> let's get into it. I know you you had some interest in. I don't know, UFOs, Stephen Greer, Kabbalah, maybe where they all intersect. I don't know, any, anything burning? I know the alien subject's on fire right now in the mainstream media. Yeah, you know, I'm really wondering how Thelema plays into all of that, or Thelema, or Thelem. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. I've heard it kind of pronounced a few different ways. Because uh, that was, you know, that's that's key to Crowley, and that's that's key to... I think a certain magical practice 
um, where you're just, you know, you're, you're, um, taking everything in. And I think maybe that's something to do with this, you know, Stephen Greer kind of UFO channeling thing about just bringing everything in without any, uh, I mean, you use the word discernment, which is, I guess, one of, one of the things I worry, wonder about too, with people doing esoteric occult practices on a global scale without really knowing what they're doing or how it may change them as a person. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's something I've thought about was maybe the idea here is they want more people trying to open up these portals or whatever. Uh, Cause like the energy they're able to sort of pull together to make it happen isn't enough. Uh, and they're ready to sort of try to rip the veil open, but they need the mass belief to, I don't know, give it enough momentum or enough force to actually allow it to open up. Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, that, well, that's, I mean, I, you know, I listened to Stephen Greer, I think one of his last YouTube videos, and that was kind of what he was hinting at was that if enough, if enough of us do this or enough of you know people that are doing these rituals, um, then it, things will happen regardless. And, so from a tarot perspective, you know, again, I kind of approach it from an occult. One of the key topics in reading tarot is talking about what I would say frames of mind. So like your disposition towards a certain thing, um, and that can be kind of called a spirit as well. If people are changing or doing things that are changing their points of view towards certain things, their ways of looking at certain things, then yeah, changes are going to happen from that. At least if yeah, if the esoteric stuff is correct. But do people know that? Are they aware? You know, if people are, I mean, I live in a tiny house, right? Um, are people being aware that they're being pushed towards a, a um, what did McKenna call it? The archaic revival, <laughs> like making a little bit, making things a little bit more wild. Um, because that seems to go in line with the Great Reset. Oh, um, interesting. To yeah. kind of you know moving away from the techno world towards a more wild world, I guess. Yeah, I know they talk a lot about the the coffin apartments and the ideas of people sort of stacking on top of each other. And I guess if you're not into that, which who would be necessarily? <laughs> that that's the other option, right? Moving out to the out to the yurt. Well, I mean that. So that that stuff is, you know, on my radar because of where I live. I mean, I live in New Hampshire, which you might consider the extreme end of Thelema. Um, I can, you know, obviously without apart from Interstate 93, but next to it, Vermont is on the opposite end, kind of the epitome of socialism. So these kind of two energies are kind of bouncing off each other. Um, so I'm wondering if some of this division as well is part of whatever esoteric the the um, resolving the opposites or bringing the opposites together and just seeing what happens, I guess. Interesting. Yeah, I've, I've thought of that recently often is that it feels like maybe the the virus of 2020 was part of a, a death and rebirth ritual for the masses where it was like we were all confronted with death um, sort of in a you know, theatrical way, then they kept telling us 
from this will be sort of reborn into the new normal, the great reset, nothing will be the same again, all that sort of stuff. So in some ways it felt like a mass ritual theater. And then, you know, a lot of people had doubts in all of the things happening and, but it didn't really matter so long as we just all went through the motions. It's just kind of in well, hindsight. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I mean, there's stories like this in the Bible. I mean, not just in the Bible and you know, lots of texts. You, you go into the desert by yourself and you're confronted with God or the voice in your head or whatever you want to call it. And I think that, you know, making everyone stay inside and, you know, or not making them necessarily, but I guess steering the societal compass towards, all right, you know, better be at home by yourself. Yeah. That that's just going to lead to this, you know. Okay, what is what am I doing in my life? What is going on here? It's um, true, though, man. That that is what happened. It was like <laughs> the isolation and like the purification, and and I myself thought through it too because I was, um, you know, immediately I I was just used to going into an office environment for the day job all the time, and then all of a sudden out of nowhere, it's like boom, now I'm home, and <laughs> I got so used to it, I was like. Dude, I'll never go back into that office again. They're going to drag <laughs> me in there. It's, it sucks going in. Well, I'm always wondering about how coincidental coincidental it is that cannabis has become legal and psychedelics in many states are becoming more legal around the same time. Hmm. Like, is, uh, is there a handshake going on between uh, whatever doorways in the mind are being opened up and the, I guess, time allotted to reflect on those? Because in a really busy, hectic office, you know, type of lifestyle, American lifestyle of maybe the latter half of the 20th century, there's not really time for psychedelics or time to reflect on, oh, this, what happened? What did I realize from that experience? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and it seemed like everything kind of got, it got shook up enough for people to, I mean, I don't know about other people, but I know myself is sort of, sort of gives you time to miss the things that you truly want to continue doing and uh, also put things into a different perspective. So like, yeah, I, I think conspiracy or not, what happened was in some ways a big mass ritual. And um, that seems yeah. to be the occult calling card too, right? Like you look at the Church well, of Satan, they were all about that sort of stuff. The melodramatic. Well, well, that that seems like they're all they always have a hand in flipping over regime or flipping over ruling order. And I mean, not to you know to talk disrespectfully, but like our leaders during all this seem to be kind of clownish. I mean, like yeah. it seems that they're you know they're wearing the suit and they're pitching the line that everyone's kind of expecting them to say. Um, where it just seems like, all right, well, of course they're going to say this. Of course they're going to say wear the mask or. Or, you know, the, the pro, you know, whatever intervention that we don't really know what's going to happen yet. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> yeah. like seeing like all of them do that and all of them do it at the same time, I think there might be a global realization. Like, wait a second. <laughs> like, yeah, I think that definitely yeah. happened. I think a lot of people saw through and said, like, for some reason, it, it always shocks me that, like, people put that much faith into some of these political leaders as if they really had the answers and the keys to, you know, making the decisions for, for you. And, um, a lot of people, I don't know. I think a lot of people woke up to that idea for the first time ever. And that drew a lot of people into the conspiracy world in, uh, in well, 2020. Well, 
Yeah, I mean, the how, I mean, you know, obviously no one likes talking about politics, but I mean, you know, two grown adults living in a country thinking that they want to have some involvement in the civil process because that's there's some importance to that. It's almost like people want to take some of that back. Like, wait a second, you know, maybe there's a, um, you know, a decentralized way of looking at things. Um, because hmm. right now it seems that Biden kind of rules from on high a little bit. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. Yeah. That, yeah. That decentralization idea, the, uh, you know, pops up obviously in cryptocurrencies and stuff. And now it seems that America is even embracing the idea of creating an American dollar, crypto dollar or whatever they're calling it. You know, I have, so in New Hampshire, there's a thing called the Free State Project. And it's basically a lot of voluntarist libertarian types of folks moving out you know, to start communities or whatever. And crypto is big and it's been, you know, big. I've been here for about five years, but I'm telling you for me, it's, it's hard for me to cross the line with it because no one really knows where it came from. I mean, there's like the theory and it's a red flag for me. The DOD is supposed to be this, you know, data. You would think someone would step forward and say, okay, for the safety of, or for the sake of what we're doing, we need to disclose what's going on with cryptocurrency and where it came from. And it's still like, Oh, we don't really know. <laughs> like we, yeah. we don't know who the person who created Bitcoin was. Um, <laughs> yeah, it's just, it, I mean, for me, I mean, for me, it's, it, you know, it, it, if you don't know where it came from and you're assuming good, I mean, it, it might not be right. So I don't know. Yeah. I've always been skeptical um, of it, especially with that, um, NSA document from I think it was like the 80s or 90s where they were talking about basically the similar things to what the Bitcoin white paper talked about. But. Yeah. Well, yeah, it's very interesting to see what it does to people and how they live their life, at least from my experience here. It's, it's very like they, they measure things down and transactions down that you wouldn't normally monetize. So, for example, if you and me were hanging out and you needed you know, me to come pick you up and take you to work there would be a Bitcoin transaction in point or crypto. So point zero zero one five, whatever. And it seems like more and more interactions are broken down those ways, which I mean, for someone who tries to be tech light, um, it's something that like, Oh, I don't want to go down that road. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's definitely cryptos is not an easy way of transacting funds. <laughs> I, I hate well, cryptos I, myself. I mean, I'm, 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 morbidly curious so i'm invested very lightly into it but like i hate everything about cryptos i think it's a stupid idea i think it's executed poorly i think it's i got a million gripes about cryptocurrencies but <laughs> but <laughs> overall like i mean i could see us going that direction so i'm kind of like well maybe yeah i mean like i said new hampshire is one of those places that it's, it seems to be or at least that's, that's what they say right they say like oh you know this is the place to go for cryptocurrency um, but I don't, I mean, down in Keene, New Hampshire, Ian Freeman, this radio guy, um, it, there's this thing called the crypto six where six people were arrested over certain, um, Bitcoin transactions that weren't above, you know, there weren't whether they were, they were supposed to be or something like that. Um, so here it's definitely part of the local news. Um, as far as there's some that are. Not necessarily against it, but are saying that the people who are using it are taking advantage of the system or whatever. Hmm. Um, which, I mean, you know, you can misuse anything, honestly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> right on.
Well, cool, man. Is there anything else you wanted to cover? Uh, no, that's pretty much it. Um, what can we plug yeah. for you? Where, where do you want them to go? <laughs> um, I mean, Southside Zero at Instagram or the website, the book, uh, will be released on Amazon pretty soon. So oh, I'll, really? Okay. Is that a, yeah, new, I'll, that's I'll, a new thing, huh? Yeah. I, I, you know, make it official and do all that fun stuff and have it published and everything. So nice, nice. that's coming up. Um, but apart from that, no, just, you know, cool, man. dig, dig in the, in the dirt for the garden. That's pretty much it. <laughs> right on brother. Well, cool. Thanks for sharing your thoughts with us again. Appreciate it. All right, man. Thank you. All right. There you go. That was Southside Tarot. You can hit him on his website, southsidetarot.com. Link in the show notes. Hit him on the Instagram, Southside Tarot on Instagram. And his book is going to be on Amazon any day now. And if you want to be a part of this, if you don't know what tier four is, it's the top tier. I've got the supporter platforms, right? I've got Rockfin, Patreon, and VIP section. Well, VIP section and Patreon are the two places you can sign up for top, top tier, top dog status, tier four. You'll get on the show. You get up on stage. You share your theories with everyone, the whole audience. It's a great time. We can have a conversation, you and I. You can share your ideas, and we'll make it happen. Everybody gets to hear your thoughts. You'll also get all the other stuff you get with Tier 3, 2, and 1. You get the, I'll, I'll mail you a signed paperback of Use Your Illusion 1. You'll get every ebook I've written. You'll get the tier two shout outs. You'll get the live stream. You'll get the ebooks, Dark Path, Cooper's Code. No more ads, no commercials, no mercy. Plus every bonus show I put out for the last few years. You'll get it all. And again, if all the slots on Patreon are sold out, head over to IlluminatiWatcher.com with the VIP section. And there are slots available over there. Thank you for your support, everybody. No matter what tier you're on. Even if you're not on a tier, you're just a, a listener. I appreciate you. Okay, let's get back to the show. Thanks. All right, that was a fun little little break. Now let's uh, resume. The big disclosure special continues. This time we're going towards Doja Cat. Yes, the singer. She, uh, and let me make a note. I have to put the images. I got images. I got screenshots that I will post on the Instagram at Isaac Weisop, like and subscribe, link in the show notes as always. I got images from this performance she did for iHeartRadio. Uh, originally, the only copy I could find of the, vi- the performance was this very low quality, grainy, not so good version on the YouTuber. But then my man Vince came through. He actually sent me an, it's like he knew I was researching it. Sent me a link to the big HD, so I redid the images. And uh, now, of course, she used the trope of the aliens, which I think she's she's done that many times. And in fact, she's dropping a new video on June 11th that appears like it'll have that sort of vibe about it. But in this video, in this performance, she's in the cornfield, which I wrote about how strange it is that the corn seems to be related to the aliens for whatever reason. I wrote about that in user illusion two in the ET chapter, because that's where he meets the alien in the corn, just like in M night. Shalala, blah, 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 blah. In, uh, what was that movie signs, which I watched that, but I didn't include that in the book. There was some, there was some uh, close misses on the chapters. There were some, I did not 
do. I wanted to do Alien Covenant, but I decided not to. I thought that was too many alien films. Anyhow, she's in the cornfield. But it starts out with her watching the television set. For reasons completely unknown. I'm here to put those pieces together for you. But like, she's watching the television programming. It's programming her mind to accept the existence of the aliens. Which is my argument. And use your illusion too. She's sitting in the cornfield watching TV. And then the aliens come. And they... And then they abduct her, and she levitates up, and there she goes. Now, what was curious, and in fact, let me, I'm going to read you, I'm going to read you from Use Your Illusion 2, from the E.T. chapter. After the search for the creature in the tool shed ends up fruitless, Elliot continues his search for whatever it was he saw. He would go on the cornfield and make his official contact with E.T., this parallels, or the parallels to M. Night Shyamalan's, Shyamalan's 2002 signs are worth noting because there that is also where the alien presence reveals itself. First through crop circles, which I believe to be some form of sigil, then in full manifestation in the cornfield. And what did you see on the Oreos commercial? The sigil in the cornfield of the Devil's Cross. Is, uh, is there a connection to high fructose corn syrup? Have they been programming our DNA with the high fructose corn syrup? I, my God, I've cracked the code. I have no idea. But she levitates at the end up from the cornfield. It's kind of an alarming idea to put into the minds of the masses, honestly. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. The whole, the whole allure there, they're making it look, I don't know, enticing. Your celebrities are doing it. Why aren't you doing it? Why aren't you getting abducted? How much fun Doja Cat's having? But if you read, if you read Use Your Illusion 1, you read about all the, the naughty bits of what happens to some of these people. Not everybody gets miracles and healing. 
some people get, you know, alien sexy time. And that's uh, not so fun, I would argue. I mean, I don't know. I don't. You don't know until you try it twice. But <laughs> but I'm not volunteering. Oh, dear. Okay, and Demi Lovato. Talking about celebrities selling you on and worshiping the aliens. Demi Lovato is putting it into overdrive. She is, she was on the show. So Kesha, who's been a subject I've talked about for many years, as you know, she started a podcast talking about the supernatural and she had Demi Lovato on there. Demi Lovato constantly in the mix on this stuff. She who's also, by the way, come out non-binary. Oh my God. Which is fine, I guess. No one asked. Who cares? No one... No, Like, why do you need to advertise it? Like, no one cares. Snowflakes. Listen up. Unless I'm talking to you personally. No one cares. The, uh... <laughs> that, sounded, that sounded rude. I retract that. No, but I just don't... I don't, I don't get it. Like... Are they t- now? I get it in the sense if they're talking about gender constructs, because I agree that gender is a construct and like it's stupid. Like I don't like, I am bi- biologically I'm a male. But like, am I a man? Well, I mean that's subjective. Some people would be like, "No, Isaac, you're a cuck because you don't like guns and whatever." Which I'm pro Second Amendment. I just like I don't I don't I don't collect guns. I don't care about them. I just, I'm pro-Second Amendment. I agree with the sentiment. I have one gun. Plenty. Plenty of guns. I don't care about them. But, like, some people will be like, oh, you're not a real man. You're not a real man. So, like, yeah, I reject it in some ways. Like, toxic masculinity tells me I need to do all these things. I need to not have emotions. Not have feelings. So, like, in that way, like, sure. I guess I'm non-binary. Because like everyone has like aspects of feminine and masculine. Everyone. Everyone does. But I don't know what she means by that. She must be talking about the construct because biologically she's a female, right? So what is she talking about? Why are we even talking about this? I don't understand it. Maybe, you know what? Let me talk to Josie Weishaupt on breaking social norms. We'll talk about this subject. Like, I get it. Like, some people, like, they identify, uh, like, transgender or whatever. Like, they'll be like, you know what? I I really feel very masculine, and I'm in a a feminine body. Biologically, I'm a female, but mentally, I'm a a male. I get that. I get that when there's, like, a clear distinction, but, like, this non-binary thing? Like, I don't get that at all. Like, that's, like, some next-level stuff. Anyway. At the same time, she's uh, also got a YouTube show called Dancing with the Devil... But she's on Kesha. She's on the Kesha podcast, Kesha and the Creepies. And she's talking about how she was hanging out with Dr. Greer. And I've talked about Dr. Greer in the past many times. I talked about Close Encounters of the Fifth Kind, that whole documentary. And I talked about her hanging out with Dr. Greer because she posted the images and the videos on her Instagram. And she talks about it on the show, about how she's channeling UFOs with Greer out in Joshua Tree. And she talks about this blue orb, which, by the way, if you if you listen to anything from uh, Ryan Burns, shout out Ryan Burns, Skinwalker Ranch guy, he was on Temple of Hat with me, talking about Skinwalker once. He's seen the blue orbs out there at Skinwalker Ranch. There's something with the blue orbs. 
But the thing, the, the sentiment I'm trying to get across here, Demi Lovato is selling this as a spiritual experience, okay? And everybody wants that. I want it too. Give me the spiritual experience. And if, I would argue, if the main Abrahamic religions don't give you that spiritual experience you're longing for, well, guess what could? Summoning the aliens, channeling the aliens. And this would support the new global religion that Obama said would pop up. So she talks about how, like I said, they're really trying to sell it to everyone. She's like, you know what I'd rather do is have a night of meditation at a club or a night of meditation than to be at a nightclub and listen to what she says. She says only under one condition, though. And then, so when that's all happening, are you just like, <laughs> are you freaking out? <laughs> oh, well, I, I really love doing this and I, and I love meditating so much that it doesn't really, it's to me, this is fun. Like I, I, I would choose a night of meditation over <laughs> like a night out at a club anytime, especially God. if it is going to result in contact. <laughs> she says the meditation has to lead to contact. Because that is the ultimate pursuit. And some could argue that meditation is all about making contact. That's what yoga is supposed to mean. It means to unite, to yoke, to the spirits. And we'll talk about that here in a minute. But uh, let's, t- let's look at another clip. Uh, she talks about when you're making contact, you have to focus your intent and your will. And you meditate towards it, right? And somehow, these aliens will feel only the good vibes. They're like... They're only about hanging out with the humans that give them good vibes so they can feel safe to appear. Well, they have to, when you're making contact, you actually like, you want to meditate. You want to say a few things. You want to say, please make contact if it's safe for you. In Palm Springs on my birthday, I realized that they only showed up for like 10 to 15 seconds. And I think it was because they were in the middle of an airspace. And like something may have could have happened. Maybe that's why they didn't stay longer. You know, you have to make sure that you're coming from a good intention place The the environment of who you're with is loving and supportive. You want them to feel safe and otherwise they won't show. So, oh, so this was the the next, the second night, I think. Um, there's this red light just shooting across the sky. Oh, yeah, I see it. Oh, it's zigzagging too. So what do you think about that? If you you think you have the discernment to know whether or not this is a good or bad spirit coming towards you. Let's go back to Father Seraphim Rose's Orthodoxy and the Religion of the Future book. Written like 50, 60 years ago. He had a whole chapter called The Meditation Invasion. Uh, chapter 4, I got some notes here. Eastern Meditation Invades Christianity. We should be, these are like his arguments, okay? I'll give you my, this is my cliff notes. He's saying we should be trying to enlighten non-Christians, but not giving them a voice or a dialogue, which is what Demi Lovato is doing here. And this is kind of what, oh man, where did this come up before? It's, there, there was a show I did, we talked about poor people, right? And they said there was like a fine line between like, hearing out poor people and versus letting them call the shots kind of 
And it's kind of what Father Rose is saying, too. I mean, it sounds kind of cold, but he's saying we should try to enlighten the non-Christians, but don't give them a voice or dialogue. But, like, clearly, through entertainment, they've got a voice, a giant voice, right? He claims that something has entered the air in the past two decades that promotes this cooperativeness of the, the 60s Age of Aquarius stuff. That was his big thing when he wrote this. And he talks about yoga coming through. He says this is supposedly non-religious, but the Hindus who created this stuff says the aim is, in fact, spiritual. And that is the original intent. And if you're not doing it to communicate with the gods, then it's treasonous. That's what they originally believed. And they detail how using yoga for physical well-being predisposes you towards certain spiritual attitudes and experiences. And to discard everything in the mind and realize, well, you know who's the divine God? Me. I am. Man. And that's the new religion. Man is at the center. Now, should you not do yoga? I don't... I wouldn't take it that far, but, like, I don't know that he's wrong. I don't know that he's wrong. Same as with, like, he talks about Zen meditation, uh, transcendental meditation. Of course, brought to you by the Maharishi from the Beatles, right? Through Hollywood, through entertainment. You're supposed to practice it first and then look into the theory later, is how that was set up. It's a deception, the same thing as the Hindus. Try it, see if it feels good. And sometimes it does. Sometimes it does. They use secret terms, secret mantras, which he calls out to be the same as in black magic, Mormonism, and witchcraft. It's his words, not mine. With the idea that if you know someone's name, you can control it, which we talked about. In fact, if you follow Megan the Stallion, she's coming out with a new alter ego. They're still doing it. Tina Snow, I think is her name. Could be wrong. These secret magical aliases. But the, teen, the transcendental meditation is similar to the drug experiences. Left-hand pathers who use drugs to get in touch with the gods. And to get the superpowers of like levitating, uh, become invisible. You could fly. But the sad reality is that a lot of people go insane. Mental illness, suicide, murder. It's murder. Demonic possession. All that stuff. And now here's the final word on the final bit of Bible thumping here. Father Rose's warning. I'm going to read you right from the book. Um, okay, I'll, I'll paraphrase. He says, Orthodox Christians must stay away from these practices, practices because they are, quote, an entrance to the cosmic spiritual realm where the deepest side of of human personality enters into contact with actual spiritual beings. These being in man's fallen state are first of all the demons or fallen spirits who are closest to man. So there you go. Father Rose was a gay monk, by the way. He, uh, anyway, so, so Demi Lovato's, she's trying to get the word out to the kids. Channel these aliens, see if it feels good. She's selling the idea of astral projection. It's kind of like ghost hunting, right? But it's also very intriguing. On the other hand, I do not judge. I've done some ghost hunting myself. In fact, I would be very interested to see a UFO. 
if uh, we need to start a GoFundMe to pay for my ticket to go hang out with Dr. Greer because it's only like $10 million to go hang out with him and find the UFOs. But the, uh, yeah, that's all interesting stuff, right? But you got you to gotta listen to these words of these uh, spiritual people like Father Rose who said, no, 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 my friend, don't do that. Opening yourself up to the, the demons, the fallen spirits. Who's right? I don't know. I don't know. Okay, next story. Tucker Carlson, you know him. He wears bow ties. He is arguing that we need to funnel money into the military-industrial complex. So you see where he's at on this. He's in the sort of right-wing, pro-military angle because it's not, you know, it's not socialism if the money goes into the big, the big weapon system in the name of protection from the boogeyman. And you're and you're gonna hear a lot of this. It's all like this. This drum beating for the beefing up of intelligence agencies so they can really figure out what it is to see if they can protect us. And on the, I'm going to play the clip. And at the end, you'll even hear about how earlier we talked that these things could have been drones. They thought maybe these are drones from Russia and China with further evolved technology, but they argue on this show, no, they're not. Um, I thought Lou made a very solid point, and I'm embarrassed I hadn't thought of it before, which is this is, among other things, whatever these objects are, a potentially very grave threat to nation states. So where was the intelligence community in warning about this and learning more about it? Where were they? Well, that has to be answered, absolutely. I mean, we are under siege. It's like there's a war of nerves going on. And uh, if, if this was drones belonging to a foreign adversary, there would be an absolute outcry. And yet the situation we're in, that we don't know what these things are, and they might even be extraterrestrial, that's worse. So I agree with Luis Elizondo on this. This is a potential catastrophic failure of intelligence. And if it happened because skeptical bureaucrats were just saying to themselves, it can't be, therefore it isn't, then there must be a reckoning. So you say, and, uh, and that is such a, a great point and, and nicely put, but you described it as a siege. Give our viewers who don't follow this topic closely a sense of the magnitude of data coming in about these encounters. Yeah, I, I mean, this is absolutely extraordinary. And Every day, it seems like new information drops, things that the public and the media weren't told. So, for example, former director of national intelligence, John Ratcliffe, just threw into the conversation the other day the fact that the satellite imagery of all this and some of the speeds being reported seem to blow the theory about foreign drones out of the water. We must be told what's going on here. And we should think of this upcoming report to Congress as an intelligence assessment of the phenomenon itself and one that's long overdue. Yeah, they can't be drones. Because, you know, aliens, right? But he's, you know, they're hyping up this, they're hyping up this report. They're trying, like Fox is really good at scaring people. They love it. I mean, all, look, all politics, all news, they get off on scaring people because, you know, fear sells. But he says, <laughs> Uh, Nick Nick Pope told Tucker, we are under siege. It's like there's a war of nerves going on. Oh, my God. Under siege. Terrifying. A potential catastrophic failure of intelligence? 
Well, by God, we better, we better give them more money. That's what they want you to think. And are they right? I don't know. Maybe we should find out if there's aliens. I'm down for that. I want to know more. But can we trust? We're going to be told the whole truth. We've been apparently lied to for 60 years now. 70, 80 years. They've told us over and over, no, no such thing. No anomalies, no nothing. And now they're they're turning it around. Who do you trust? I'll tell you who not to trust. Ron Watkins. That's right. Last last story, and then we're done with our big disclosure special. Because if you're not suspicious of a PSYOP involved with this UAP UFO disclosure yet, this is the one that should tell you. Ron Watkins. I'm going to read to you from Vice. Because and Did you see the HBO show on Q? It was like six episodes. It was really good. And basically, this Ron Watkins guy admits that he's Q. He's doing it the whole time. And that's an oversimplification. Like, there's a little bit of nuance to it. Like, the argument is that he took over the Q account at some point. But who knows? But he's now into the alien conspiracy. Oh, great. Like, Q wasn't a big enough psyop. We need a bigger one. I'm going to read to you from Vice. Ron Watkins, the one-time administrator for 8chan and the man who facilitated the rise of QAnon, wants people to send him documents about aliens so he can share them with the public via a forthcoming website called Alien Leaks. Quote, The Alien Leaks project is going to be an anonymous dropbox for anybody to send documents to. It's inspired by WikiLeaks and the work Julian Assange did with government accountability. But instead of focusing on government accountability, the goal of Alien Leaks is to focus on extraterrestrial disclosure. That he said on the Alien Agenda podcast. This is all interesting stuff, and I'm sure there's people around the world sitting on troves of documents. Watkins announced the new project on his personal Telegram channel. Quote, with humanity, humanity on the brink of alien disclosure, do you really trust the government to tell you the whole truth? He said in a post announcing the project. He also launched a new Telegram channel. I don't know what Telegram is. It must be a social media thing. He also launched a new Telegram channel dedicated to alien leaks. Quote, the government is currently gearing up for some kind of soft alien disclosure. They will only be the tip of the iceberg. A brave scientist, researcher, or specialist may just step forward to leak documents that show us the full iceberg. So there you go. If you trust uh, if you trust that Ron Watkins guy, he's going to give you the real truth. And I think he's connected. I, if you watch the HBO show, it seems like he's connected with some people in the uh, on the inside. Like they were they were apparent. It seemed like they were feeding him information to put on the cue boards. I don't know what's going on. I know there was a whole lot of weird stuff going on, and I'm glad I'm not involved. Uh, I think it was a, a psyop on many levels. If you listen to my four shows about it, I never bought into it. wasn't my thing. Anyway, it's not my not my bag. But what's what sucks is like some of that stuff. I believe we do need to look into talking about the adrenochrome stuff. Which, oh, by the way, War of the Worlds season two just started, and they already are saying that. Because if you, I don't know, well, I don't want to give you plot spoilers. Listen to my World of the Worlds season one show I did last, what was it, September? And uh, you'll you'll hear a pretty 
shocking ending to that. Okay, well, that's it, though. UFO Disclosure's coming. Hot Girl Summer. June 2021. It's going down. And be on the lookout for my new book, Aliens, UFOs, and the Occult, Use Illusion 2. Now available. Amazon Kindle. Now available on iBooks or Apple Books or whatever the hell it's called. Paperback's coming soon to Amazon. I would argue uh, they'll be... I would argue... The paperback will be available by Monday, June 14th. Maybe. And then I'll be able to do some signed paperbacks by the end of June. If you want to wait for the signed version, I'll sell them through my Gumroad, gumroad.com slash Isaac W. Or you can go right now and get Use Your Illusion 1. Get you a signed copy. Get ahead of it. Because uh, UFO Disclosure is coming down fast, man. All right. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your support on the on the things. The Rockfin on the VIP section in the Patreon. We did the shout out, so get on there for the next month. You gotta get on tier two or higher if you wanna get on the on the shout outs. You can make it on for the July shout outs. And uh, yeah, sign up for my email newsletter for news on the book if you're waiting for the paperback. If you go to IlluminatiWatcher.com, sign up for the free email newsletter. Cause I will definitely be blasting out links once I got it. It's going to be color. This one's going to be in color with color images from the movies to support the theory. All in fair use. You're going to love it. All right, everybody. Thanks for your time. Till next time that we meet. Stay woke. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed, when I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform, with over 350 million global monthly visitors according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.